Welcome back to the Electric Election Road Trip and Podcast. Of course, we are outdoors as always. Really exciting to be here. I'm your executive producer, Saul Spady, alongside our host, Benjamin Backer. We are in the backyard of the chief environmental officer for Microsoft, Lucas Joppa. This is where all the big ideas are. This is where the world is being changed. Uh, something like that. Yeah, this is at least where I... Uh spend some time splitting wood and and thinking about environmental issues i think you know i'm just blessed to be kind of have the opportunity to spend my my off time and during the covid time my work time in a beautiful place like this and and i it keeps the mind on the issue right and i think that that's what everybody every individual every organization is going to have to start to realize is that there is no time off for society on the topic of environmental sustainability. It has to be all the time moving forward if we're going to get out ahead of some of the climate issues that we know are going to inflict socioeconomic and environmental damages on, on our, you know, on our species. And so, yeah, I do think about that while I'm out here um, and while I'm at work all day. And I just can't imagine a more important thing to be spending time thinking about. Well, and honestly, I mean, you're in such a beautiful location, but it speaks to the fact that a lot of the people who maybe don't fight for the environment every single day aren't constantly reminded about why they should be fighting for it, right? I mean, if you take someone on a hike who's never been on a hike before in a beautiful natural area, they're like, whoa, you know, this this is why we should be doing what we're doing. You know, this is why you run ACC. This is why you fight for the environment. We need more of that. Like, we need people to be exposed to the environment to to know to fight for it because uh, otherwise they, they don't have that connection. And I think you living here while also having the role that you have at Microsoft yeah. speaks volumes. So, I mean, I want to dive in right away because Microsoft, in my opinion, is in the top five and maybe the top company fighting climate and environmental issues right now. For those who are following along for this podcast and hearing about Microsoft's sustainability and environmental efforts for the first time. Can you just give, I mean, there's so much you guys are working on, but can you give kind of the the high level overview of where Microsoft has been and where it is right now on these sorts of efforts? Sure. I mean, Microsoft's cared about and invested in environmental sustainability for well over a decade. It's been something that we've been looking to make progress on. In fact, and we've been thinking about it through the real diversity that our company represents. I mean, when I joined Microsoft, it wasn't in part of corporate environmental sustainability. It was in our blue sky research arm in Microsoft Research. But my job was to lead research programs at the intersection of environmental and computer science. To be thinking 30 to 50 years ahead about the intersection of computing and sustainability and to be thinking about what Microsoft should be doing, how to prepare, how we should prepare ourselves for that and how we can help prepare society for what society is going to need to do. What you're seeing Microsoft do, you know, now is really the beginning of of the the strategy that has been put together as a result of all of those investments um, across the past decade or more. And so we're really we're focusing on the four key areas that we think really represent the key issues that society has to deal with carbon, water, waste, and then ecosystems and the biodiversity, the species that make up those those ecosystems. We've been really taking almost like an engineering, you know, playbook uh, perspective on this. We've been doing sustainability sprints 
thinking about nothing but carbon for three months. Nothing but waste, nothing but water. Well, I should say that uh, other folks get to keep thinking about carbon once we, once I have to then go, you know, and, and really looking and saying, what does the best available science say the world needs to do? And then where's Microsoft on that issue? And where should Microsoft be on that issue? How can we better our own operations, our own business? How can we empower our customers? Back in January, we said we're going to be a carbon negative company. We're going to reduce our emissions by half or more. We're going to physically remove from the atmosphere the rest, thank you, uh, the rest of the emissions um, that we may have for, for that year. And then we said we're not going to be, you know, net zero or neutral, we're going to be negative. So what does negative mean for us? And what negative means for us is that we're going to go back in time since we were found in 1975 and remove all of the carbon that we're associated with emitting since our founding. And I think, yes, the world needs to transition to a net zero carbon economy by 2050. That's what the best available science says. Even the economic science, the dismal science says that, right? Um, and, and so true to form, they don't have a lot of good news for us other than what we need to do. But some companies that have more need to do more because not every organization, not every sector is going to be able to transition as rapidly. Right. And so people ask why Microsoft, why the ambition? And first it's because it's what every individual and organization is going to have to do. We've got to zero out our, our, and balance out our carbon books Two, some companies that can do more should do more. So that's carbon. Then we went, moved on to waste. We said we're going to be a zero waste company by, by 2030. We're um, about to issue our updated water goals um, that will follow in line with the structure of that. And then, of course, right before Earth Day, we announced that um, not only are we going to protect more land than we use, but we're also going to put in to work what Microsoft does best, which is cloud scale technology. And we're going to build what we're calling a planetary computing platform. So bringing together all of the world's environmental data and, um, and technology to help people accelerate building solutions in this space. I'd love to jump in on that because I think one thing that really has inspired me that you talk about in such a perfect match for Microsoft is you say there's no such thing as, you know, a technology that's too out there that we can't pursue and look into. It's one of the things that inspires me about Benji and ACC. We've, you know, looked at uh, black soldier fly larvas that eat waste. We've visited, you know, energy, uh, waste energy management plants. What are some of the technologies that in a simple term that you're excited about, that you're investing in, that Microsoft is leading the way on that, you know, kind of for people around the country who are aren't aware, they can be excited that this there's real change happening and it's not being driven at a government level. It's being driven right here in, in you know, Redmond, Washington, in yep. North Bend, Washington. Yeah. Well, look, there's a million things, quite <laughs> frankly, that, that we could talk about. And what let me just preface all this by saying that for the past 10, 20 years, there's been debates in the environment and climate community about which are the solutions we should be investing in. Well, not a lot happened besides debate. And because of that, we're now at a time when there is no debate about which solution we should be investing in. The only answer that we can pursue is all of them. All of them. You're into renewable energy. Great. Go invest in that. You're interested in soil carbon sequestration. 
awesome. That represents one of the biggest nature-based solutions to suck, um, you know, carbon out of the atmosphere. You want to plant trees? You should plant trees. You want to pay people not to cut trees down? You should do that. We have to do all of these. Oh, and you're interested in machines? You're an engineer? And you want to do things that 20 years ago we said would never be possible like build machines that can suck carbon out of the air and inject it into geological formations to sequester it for millennia through direct air capture techniques we need that as well we definitely need that and so we're investing in all of that and more and we're doing that actually in two ways we're doing it as a customer because as part of our carbon removal efforts that means we have to pay for carbon removal and so we're stimulating the market and in we just issued actually the largest carbon removal rfp uh you know to to start to mature the market here we we called for a million metric tons of of carbon removal by 2030 you know who knows if our projections will will you know will hit our projections but if we do we'll be looking at needing something like six million metric tons a year of carbon removal that we need to procure so you know we're 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 not you know we don't represent all of the potential buying power in the world but we're early powerful buying potential we're also an investor because back in January, we announced a billion-dollar climate innovation fund that's investing in carbon reduction and removal technologies. And so that's really the way that we're looking at this. And we're, we, are, we have a very ecumenical kind of approach to what we're investing in. You've got proof that this works, and it's a biological solution delivered to us you know, through, through the benefits of evolution we're very likely to be interested in investing. You have a technology approach that can scale and bring the cost curve way down and availability way up. We're interested. And so um, that's for us, our response, the most sincere way we can back up that statement, we need to be investing in every solution is we literally are investing in so many solutions. And I think that that kind of, throw everything at the wall mentality is what we need more of because it's 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 less about talking about the problem i mean you obviously have to talk about it and you need to have projections and all those things but you actually have to like start working on it like you have to start taking steps in the right direction and i think that that's where the flaw of a lot of this conversation has been in the past couple of decades like you're talking about we all know that this is a big problem and we've been talking about it as a big problem for a very long time yeah. but from companies to congress there's been a lot of inaction because we've been talking about it instead of actually doing it and that any of the above approach has been i think super beneficial to microsoft i guess why go so deep into fighting this? I mean, obviously you personally care about it and you think that, yeah. you know, based on the science that we do need to pick up the slack and, and get started now. But why, you know, why does Microsoft feel so passionately about this? And what can that teach other, con you know, companies and consumers in the same way that Microsoft has looked at it? Well, let me come back to that question first, because I just want to touch on this, you know, throw everything at the wall approach, because I think some people would look at that and say, well, if you're just throwing everything at the wall, you're not putting enough, you know, emphasis on the on scaling out a few particular things. And I don't think those are, are, are um, 
mutually exclusive. I think, look, there are, you know, technology, you, basically you have to be willing to, to um, have a diversity of, of solutions in front of you and chase the ones that are, are the most um, viable or the most valuable. And then when those kind of, you know, prove to be valuable and viable, go big in them. And so, for instance, renewable energy is something that is technologically, there's no question there. Economically, there's no question there. And so what's Microsoft doing? We're moving, transitioning, you know, our entire global business to be powered by 100% renewable energy. Electric vehicles, there's still a lot of technology innovation that needs to happen there, but we're at a point where we could commit, and we did, to... We could take a Tesla X around the whole entire country. You you (laughs) could. have conversations everywhere. It's not just on the coast. And I mean, it's in your story, right? You started out at a university as a PhD, and I think one of the most powerful quotes I read from you is kind of that statement of you, the the investment, the return on investment for you to go work at a private company like Microsoft, you've seen it, you know, tenfold. Uh, it's what's so exciting because we just talked to Anna Mari, the president of UW, and she believes we, we need you here, you know, working on this as a private company, as an impassioned individual. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'll your question about why Microsoft, you know, your question about why you and, and, <laughs> and your career, those are the same, I think. Um, I think we're, I, as an individual, Microsoft as an organization are both, um, convinced that, you know, for, for Microsoft to do well, we need the world to do well. I'm convinced for me and my family and my future (laughs) generations for them to do well, for us to do well. And, and my, you know, my family do well we need the world to do well. And I just don't think there's any question that if we don't seriously address climate issues, the world's going to do well. It's not. And so why wouldn't you invest in this space? I think that, you know, from a Microsoft perspective, um, I don't like to spend too much time, you know, being obsessed with, with the stock market and, you know, market capitalization and all of these things. But what one of the things that's most interesting about, um, you know, the market and independent of, of me working at Microsoft is if you look over the decades, right, you've seen this incredible turnover in the top 10 companies by market capitalization. There's only been one constant. And that's Microsoft. Why is that? It's because Microsoft has a business model that understands that for Microsoft to do well, the world needs to do well. For Microsoft to do well, its customers need to do well. Its partners need to do well. That when a dollar comes into Microsoft, $10 need to come into the greater ecosystem. We're convinced that climate represents a threat to that business model it represents a threat to the world that we want to operate in and so we're going to go out and try to get out ahead of it we also see an opportunity here not just to help the world solve a problem but to do it in a way that's hyper efficient economically and technologically because we know that digitization data and compute on kind of a digital substrate is the most you know, transformative technology, you know, outside of the industrial revolution. And when you think about what we're talking about when it comes to climate, you're talking about the world's natural resources. You're talking about the foundations of our modern economy. 
And we're convinced that there's a huge opportunity to bring the, the information age that we live in, the technologies of that age, to the planetary resources that allow us as a species to be successful. I mean, we talk about the information age. It has to be the most narcissistic term the world's ever come up with because ultimately what we know a lot about is us. We still are flying blind in large respect to how the world works and what we share, you know, our lives with, with on this planet. And, um, and we do that to our own detriment. I would just say, um, you know, I look at the world, there's, there's kind of one Mark Twain quote that really kind of highlights everything for me. And, and it actually wasn't his quote. It was a school kids quote that he included in one of his essays, but it was, it says, um, climate is what you expect. Weather is what you get. Right. And as our climate systems destabilize, that isn't true anymore. But that simple phrase, climate is what you expect. Weather is what you get. That has determined human progress and human prosperity since time immemorial. You could plan for your crops. You could plan for your house. You could plan for your urban areas. And from that market sprang. And as the destabilization begins, that decouples that simple quote from that kid in Mark Twain's uh, essay. And that's scary. If you're a corporate citizen, it should be scary if you're a citizen of any country region on Earth. So we got about four minutes left here. So I want to jump in with one last question and then Benji, you got to wrap it up. But for me, uh, many people globally won't understand this, but, you know, my family locally has a old business. It's all about legacy and consistency. It's this fast food restaurant, Dick's Drive-In. I mean, I hear that so much and kind of why you've found your way to Microsoft and why it's such a perfect match. They have Mm -hmm. a legacy and a consistency of investing in the environment and you're just taking it to the next level. How much... I mean, is, is that really just it? As long as you, you put, you know, the investment in, if you focus on, you know, make a profit, take care of your employees and then take care of your environment, yeah. you'll succeed and you'll be, you know, a, a fortune two forever, right? <laughs> fortune two. Yeah. Well, that was the most shade anyone's thrown at me. Uh, you know, I was like, fortune two. <laughs> Let's do this podcast again tomorrow and see where we are. But uh, I'll say fortune one. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'll answer Benji's question. Yeah. What do you want to ask? Everything, everything Saul asked, but Fortune One. Yeah. So, so look, I think that, um, you know, I mentioned Microsoft's business model before. You, if you are just here to make a dollar today, you can ignore the environment. If you're here to make a dollar tomorrow, then you have to start thinking about it. If you're three days then you have to start thinking about it more. Microsoft is a company that's been around. I mean, from a tech perspective, Microsoft's been around for a geological age, right? I think, um, but it's done that from having a strong horizon one, two, three planning cycle, right? Like we think about next quarter, we think about next year, we think about 10 years. And um, so, you know, you can talk about legacy. Sometimes I think people, I don't like to use the word legacy because I think it means it gets a little too close to like uh, morals or ethics or, or kind of a desire, you know, uh, and I actually put it much more in just core running a business properly for 
your employees of today for, you know, your employees of the future. And if you think that far ahead, then how can environmental, how can thinking about environment, thinking about what your core corporate competency is and how to deploy that to build solutions, to improve the overall global human experience? Like, I don't understand how you end up at an alternative viewpoint. Yeah, so I guess I would, just to wrap up, I mean, you have, you're obviously thinking about the future at Microsoft from the health perspective, economic perspective, the environmental perspective. How can consumers who can help drive this change in the United States with voting with their dollars, yeah. how can they accelerate the movement, not only within Microsoft, but within just the, the, the consumer culture at large? Yeah. Well, look, I think first, it won't be, you know, surprised that I say this, but just first care, right? And this gets back to you, the way you open, talking about people needing to understand and so that that leads them to connect care nature, and yeah. connect, right? So I do think, you know, the more consumers think about the environmental impacts of their purchasing decisions, the better. The good news is that's already happening. I mean, we're seeing a, a, a wave of consumer sentiment and demand and um, that, that's never been seen before in this space. Second, hold companies accountable. We talk a lot about voluntary commitments. Well, I don't think anything that Microsoft is committing to is going to be considered as voluntary right in 2030 is as we as we think about meeting them so hold corporations accountable and hold politicians accountable tell them you care and make them be transparent make them be ambitious and vote with your dollars that bold that boldness that you at microsoft and microsoft have showcased over the last couple of decades but especially in this past year specifically I think is just such a great way to kick off this road trip because we're going to be highlighting these sorts of efforts nationwide, but Microsoft is taking it to the next level. And I think we need a heck of a lot more than that, not just from companies, but from politicians and voters and consumers and everyday mm. individuals. Mm. We need that more. Mm. And I'm hopeful that that's a story that Microsoft can inspire for others. Well, and I'll close out. It's what inspired it for us. This is uh, the close of episode one of the Electric Election podcast. I mean, I, you know, you took this seriously. It's not all inspiration. We have to hold each yeah. other accountable on this trip and, and really, you know, one, get, get out there and tell this story because it's so important. It starts at the top with Microsoft, but it's going to go all across the country. So on, on my side, I got to say thank you, Lucas. It's yeah, such an yeah. incredible opportunity to talk with you. Uh, Chief Environmental Officer at Microsoft. Uh, anything and everything is going to be taken to help save the climate. And that's why we got to get on the road, Benji. And that's all we can do. And we can, we can all do that in our own personal capacities. We can do it as consumers and we can do it as uh, employees of Fortune 2 companies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll hold that one for a while with that. I'm your executive producer, Saul Spady, our host, Benjamin Backer. This is episode one of the Electric Election Podcast. We'll see you guys on the road. Mm -hmm.